Somebody hand clap, amen. Hey, you made it. So glad you're with us today. I know it's one of them liquid sunshine Sundays, amen, but we're so glad that you're here today. How many of you love your pastors? Come on, let them know you love them, amen. And I'm going to give you another opportunity just in a moment to just even go above and beyond that to let them know how, you, how much you love them. But I'm, I'm Pastor Tony Brock. I pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. I have my beautiful bride with me today. We were able to spend some quality time uh, with some of the couples here at the church and some couples as well that your people or you invited to be a part of the Friday night time where married couples got together talking about how we need love and how that God's in the center of it. And so, boy, it was good for us. I hope it was good for you, but we're excited about being here today on this Sunday service. Our church is called Hope and Life. Hope for today, life for tomorrow, 50 plus different nationalities. I, I, I tell folks our church reflects our community. We have one of the most diverse communities in the nation. We pastor, and so we have white collar, blue collar, no collar, ring around the collar. Come on, somebody, right? You know what I mean? And so a little bit of everything, but we love God and we love people. And I know this church as well. What an amazing church. How many know you're blessed, amen, to have Life Point Church? I tell you, you're so blessed. This just didn't happen in everywhere. We, we couldn't even get into the hotel without meeting somebody that was a part of y'all. One of the people that were, were bringing, you know, checking us in actually had on a Life Point hoodie. And I said, do you go to that church? I said, I hear it's an awesome church. And he's like, oh, yeah, it's great. I said, well, I'm preaching on Sunday, so I better see you there. He was right in the second row today. Praise God. Amen. So that's good. But you are, you are blessed. We look at somebody and say, we're blessed. Tell somebody we're blessed. Now, I'm from Atlanta, so we like to talk to one another in church. So look over at somebody and say, we're blessed. And what I mean you're blessed is because, and we'll start here, your team reflects it. You have such an awesome team here that the Lord has blessed you with, such a level of excellence. How many enjoyed the worship today? Amen. And how many just felt the presence of God? All of that as well is a reflection of God's goodness, but also what God is working and doing within your pastor and his wonderful wife. Had a chance to be with Rich in Haiti, as he said, and we were on a missions trip, and it wasn't too long after um, the, I mean, the uh, earthquake that took place there in Haiti, about six months after, so it was tough, not only for us, but obviously for the folks that were trying to survive through that. And there was a lot of things and everything that we were part of. And, you know, when you're on trips like that that are so intense and we're kind of all living in the, in the bunks and the barracks together and heading out and working, you either make lifetime friends or lifetime enemies. Come on, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. And I guess me being invited to be here today means I am Pastor Rich's friend, which is good, amen. But then to also have a chance to be around his wonderful wife and to know their beautiful daughter. I mean, they're an excellent family. God bless. Amen. But this just doesn't, and I take time because I think we need to give honor where honor is due. Under the Lord, how many love the Lord, amen, but also love our leadership and see the reflection of excellence that flows from it. I'm a preacher's kid, so I grew up in church, and, and that can be good or bad, but yet I grew up in church, and I want to make sure that we let them know how much we appreciate them. Gwen and I just made our way on down yesterday, down to, to Key West, and as we were heading down, we were just talking about some words that we thought referenced them and it's that the fact that, that they're real they're genuine you really have genuine and authentic people that lead you I, what I mean by that and I'm sure you understand this or you probably wouldn't be here if it wasn't that way that I believe you meet them today in the lobby or you have a chance to meet them in a couple of weeks that if you also met them in aisle six of Walmart they would be the same person authentic and genuine and real come on somebody amen not only that they're righteous, and that's a big old godly word for saying, you know, they love God. They love God, they love each other, they love their daughter, they love y'all. And that's the priority list. And then also, they're fun people. You know, you don't have to be so holy that you can't be fun. 
I mean, there's a lot of grumpy Christians out there, amen? But you know what? That's not them. So you got real, genuine, authentic, God-loving, and fun people, and that just don't happen everywhere. So don't take it for granted what you have. You are, as you said a moment ago to one another, blessed, blessed, blessed. Would you let them know how much you love and appreciate them? Come on, love on. Hey, hey, hey. A little longer. Come on, a little louder. Hey. So y'all got that more energy because you're that third service. You've had more sleep. Amen. So we're glad you're, you know, and let me tell you, your pastor was talking about you behind your back. He was saying how much he loves this service. He really did. I, I'm tell, I didn't tell second and first that. Not that he don't like them. He loves them too big time. They do. They love them big time. But he said, you know, man, I love this third service. So, okay, okay, all right. We're going to see how it all rocks and rolls. Okay, we're going to have a quick baptism, all right? I've got a little illustration here today. I don't normally use illustrations, but when the Lord's working on me, and I, I just feel like it's something, I'm going I'm to do this today. So we're going to have a quick baptism. We're going to baptize these oranges in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen, right in this bat of water. Come on. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, I said amen. All right. Look, they float. They float. All right. That represents us, okay? Kind of what we're in and what we deal with. And we're called, or should I say God's plan, is for us to not drown or struggle, but to naturally just be able to float or glide or walk forward and, and survive in our situation. Today I'm talking about the idea of living more fully. Living more fully. Everybody say fully. 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 Mature. Um, Something that, you know, it's, 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 it's a full experience of what God is working in and through your life. You know, John 3.30, it's a powerful scripture that's found in the Gospel of John. The disciple John, this is his gospel, but he's talking about John the Baptist, the one who baptized Christ, just like we, you know, kind of did here a moment ago, right? And he talks about how that John's folks that were working with him that were part of his baptismal ministry talked about how that everybody was going down to Jesus to be baptized now that all had happened and transpired and they had less folks kind of being baptized. And long story short, they're just saying, hey, things look a little problematic. And John just brought it back to the very focal point where he said, you know what? He said, this, it's not about us. It's about making sure that our eyes are on the Lord. I want you to see this. It's found in, in the common English version and verse 30 of John chapter 3. And John chapter 3 is powerful. It has... As, of course, the scripture, John 3, 16, that most all the world seems to know, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his son. But on down here, John says, you know what? I know what's going on, and it seems like folks are going to Jesus, and they should because Jesus must become more important while I become less important. Today, if you can grasp that, if you can leave this building and have that enter your ear gate and drop down into your heart, 18 inches down into your heart, and leave here with a desire in this year for the Lord to be more important in your life and for you to be less important. For you to focus on God. And it doesn't mean that you're not attentive nor that somehow you're not aware of what you're going through. But you've got your eyes off of the stuff and you have your eyes on Jesus. Can I tell you, in advance of the breakthrough coming, God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Because when you have your eyes on Jesus, when he is involved, I never see where Jesus showed up that things remain the same. When Jesus gets involved, things get better. If you believe that, can you say amen? So the call that's going out today is saying this, you know what, it's time for us. 
to live more fully, more of Him and less of us. He being more important and we being less important. You know what happens though? What happens is that oftentimes, you know, life isn't always kind. And what does it do? It takes a big bite out of us and it somehow kind of rips at us. It gets our attention and causes us to focus, you know, on the pain, on, on our situation. Um, you know, I brought this out here, and this, these are actually called navel oranges, and I, I wasn't sure why, but, you know, Google helps out in a lot of ways, right? And so I, I Googled it, and so it said it's called a navel orange because on the back where the stem is, on the opposite end, it looks like a navel. How many know what a navel is? Everybody say belly button. I, that's probably the first time you said belly button in church, right? But belly button. You ever heard the, the term navel gazing? It's where you're, you're kind of always down or you're overwhelmed in your situation. And when you're a navel gazer, it's where you're just kind of down, your eyes are down, you're overwhelmed, you're, you're losing, and it's continuing to happen. It, feel as, it feels as if somehow you're only on your way to brokenness and desperation. Navel gazing. So there's, see that? There's the navel. That, there must be an Audi, and here's an, here's an innie right there. So there. <laughs> There's the Audi, here's, so, you know what life does, life's real, you know, ugh, right? How many of you ever see somebody eating an orange slice with the peeling on it? Call 911, come on somebody, right? <laughs> Something's not right. Life will take a bite out of you. It will. You know, it'll take more from you. And what it will do is it will try to get your eyes off of the Lord or moving after God in relationship and have you stuck just looking at what you're facing. The thought is the horizontal versus the vertical. The folks that showed up that worked with John, you know, that were helping him in the baptismal ministry were looking at the horizontal. And he just took him back to the bigger picture and he said, you know what, I, you know, whatever, that's just, you know, it's here nor there. When it comes down to it, the New King James says it this way, he must increase or I must decrease. But I like that common English where it says, here's what it comes down to. He's more important, I'm less important. I keep my eyes on the Lord, and then the other things work themselves out. What does the Bible say? Your word, my word, says in Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord, and then your needs will be met. Your, your, your situations will at least work out or you'll have a, a sense of God's peace that will keep you in it because you know what? Oftentimes, have you found this? I know I found this. That God's maybe perfect plan in my life is maybe not to deliver me from my situation, but maybe to deliver me through my situation. Maybe what God's plan is for you and me is maybe not to somehow just pluck us out of our situation or maybe change the situation. Maybe what God is trying to do in your and my life is change us in our situation so that we come out on the other side more like him and less like us, having more focus on him than focusing on, does, I mean, you know what I'm saying, amen? amen? If you believe that, if you're getting that, come on, give the Lord a mighty hand clap. But life's going to keep tearing away. You know, my first little point, and I, and I keep throwing this in here when I'm not supposed to, it's supposed to go there. Keep our eyes on Jesus. Can you say that with me, third service? Come on, keep our eyes. Come on, say it. Come on, one, two, three. Keep our eyes. You know, I played a lot of sports coming up and really enjoyed it, and all the good coaches, the really qualified coaches in my life, knew that a part of winning or achieving was always going to involve loss and losing. 
and how to handle that loss, how to learn from it, and how to be better. To take whatever could be learned, chew up the meat, spit out the bones, and try to move forward so that we could win. But no matter from little league, little peewee down to here, to being grown and playing sports at every level in multiple different types of sports, I remember the coach would come in and they would say, hey, heads up, eyes up, eyes up, because if a loss took place, we were looking down and, and we were frustrated and we were navel gazing and we were not having our eyes up and they'd say, look up, look, look up, come on, get your eyes up here because we're going to learn from this, we're going to move forward, we're going to be better. It's going to be all right, we're going to learn from it. I don't know what you've been through, I don't know what you've faced, but I know that anyone that's been on the planet for a minute has been through some things. There's stuff that you've faced, there's stuff that maybe has been in your life because it's been a part of a family struggle that you've seen in prior generations, or it could be today that you show up with not knowing what in the world's up from down because last night or a week ago or whatever, you got some news that you weren't prepared for, but maybe you sit here in this building today and not only through the worship that has already ministered to you, but now the word as well that will encourage you to tell you that God still has a plan. God knows right where you are. God has a purpose for you that God is not finished with you. Come on, somebody. Amen. But when those things happen, what happens is, is that life just takes a big old bite out and, you know, are we going to be able to float? Are we going to be able to make it? You know, Gwenny and I, we had a chance just, uh, just the other day to head down to uh, Key West. I got a picture here. It showed us where we went to the most southern point of the continental USA. And, you know, maybe, maybe some of you have been there, maybe some of you haven't. Uh, we never had a chance, and so we had Saturday, so we went on down. And that's my beautiful wife, and so I didn't earlier, but I wanted to right now make sure to let you know I love my baby girl. So, so hang on, hang on, because I want you to give a real good, I want brownie points, come on somebody, amen, that's what I want, so 33 years of marriage, that's right, well, 33 years this coming August, but we're going to make it, I know we're going to make it, we're going to make it to 33. 33, 33 years of marriage, prior to that, four years of dating, I don't encourage it, but it's just our pattern. I come from a family, my dad actually met my mom on a Thursday, asked her to marry him the following Tuesday, and they've now been married 58 years, so however you get on and get in and whatever, it's all good. But we dated four years, we were engaged for a year, so that's 38 years, right, or 37 years on the planet together, whatever it comes down to, I know I've been with her more than not with her. I am better off because of her. I look better because of her. Amen. She picked out the outfit. You know, amen. But I am blessed. Brown eyes, beautiful and anointed. Come on. Amen. Now, would you let my bride know what you love and appreciate her? Come on, put her hand clap together for her. Hey. We got three kids, a daughter that's right at 30 years of age. We have a son and another son. Our, middle, our, our oldest daughter, Victoria, is married. Has a son, we have a son-in-law in Chattanooga, Tay, and Victoria Lanier. And then we've got two sons, Connor and Kendall, right there in their latter 20s, middle 20s. We've got some single ladies in the house. Amen. Come talk to my wife. She'll take down your number. I'm not kidding. You laugh. I'm not kidding. So... Come meet her afterwards, but we are truly blessed. Now, as we had time to head down yesterday, we wanted to do that, but my wife has a, a, a kind of an unusual fear of bridges. I know, right? Because you already did the math. I mean, no, you can't get down there without crossing bridges. And I'll just tell you right now, we don't have helicopter money. Come on, can I get an amen if you understand that? We need to drive. 
So one time we were looking to see, and she said, bridge, but we really wanted to go. And then there's one bridge, you know, that's longer than the rest. It's called Seven Mile Bridge, and that's not like a kind, kind of fun name. I mean, it's literally seven miles with a big old high point in the middle of it. So I looked at her when she said that we, she wanted to go to Key West, and I was like, now, babe, you know, to get down there, there's a lot of bridges. And I said, one of those bridges is 14 miles. <laughs> and she said, what? Well, I said, because how many know if we go down, we got to get back? Come on, can I get an amen? That is 14 miles. It might be a seven-mile bridge to y'all, but to us, it's always going to be a 14-mile bridge. Amen. Well, she wanted to go, and there was a level of fear related to it, but, you know, we're wanting to see that fear defeated. And that might seem simple, but it was important. It's very important. Because we're needing a win as well. Because we need to know in the little things God's God, and in the big things God is God. And the things that seem small to some, God is still God. And the things that are big and everybody gets it, God is still God. Come on. He's interested in the little things and the big things. He is a good father and we are loved by him. Come on, can I get an amen from somebody in the house? So we got, on, got in the car and started doing our thing and moved our way on down. And I told her, I said, no pressure. You know, if somewhere in the middle of this you just want to turn around, pull a U-turn and head back north, just tell me. But no, if we're on a bridge, we cannot do that. We have to head down, turn around and head back, but yet no pressure. Well, let's throw the picture up one more time because it is a praise report. There's us making it and she worked through her fear. Now there was a point in the middle of that 14-mile bridge, come on, you know what I'm talking about, right, amen, right? Where it really got to the tippy-tippy top, where all of a sudden her eyes were down, and I want to tell you what she was doing, and this is not to say she's so super spiritual, but she loves God, and we know where our strength comes from. She's looking at Scripture. She's reading some things. She's keeping her eyes on what will bring healing or bring joy or, should I say, bring strength and confidence and not looking at the thing that was there to terrify or to worry. First point we talked about today in making sure that we live this year more fully is making sure that we have our eyes on Jesus. Look at somebody and say, keep your eyes on Jesus. As we made our way down and made our way back, you know what we were able to see, which we never could have had if we hadn't made our way down and back, is this wonderful sunset that I know y'all probably get really used to, but we live in the middle of Atlanta, you know. We don't see this kind of stuff so often. We made our way back, and we had seafood, and we sat there. A little wedding was going on down at the end of the other side of the pier and watched this and caught this sunset. Can I tell you, this sunset was better than most. Why? Because it took something to get down and get back to experience this sunset. You know, my shrimp was better. Amen. My fried shrimp or my fried shrimp was better. My, my, my calamari was better because we went down and had a little worry and fear, but made our way back, and we had on. Now, this was not on the southern side of the 14-mile bridge. This was on the north. We'd already crossed that bridge now twice. We're on this side having our food, enjoying our time, and celebrating the goodness of God, and everything on this side of a battle, once you come through on the other side, is always better than what you're facing on this side. But God is not a God that will somehow keep you from, at times, making your way through the struggle, because the Lord knows that we overcome the enemy. How many know you have an enemy? Do you know you have an enemy out there? You know the devil is a liar. Do you know that? Come on, can I get an Amen. The devil is a loser. It's scriptural. The devil is a liar. John chapter 8. He is a loser. He's already lost. When Christ died on the cross for you and my sin, Easter is March 31st this year. Plan to come to church and bring a friend. Amen. 
That's where he defeated the enemy. The enemy is defeated. He's a liar and a loser. But listen here, this church, he's not a quitter. He's going to hijack moments and situations and try to keep us tore up in fear and have us living below the blessed line instead of being more fully living our life for the kingdom. We live below our, best, our blessed line and we have at times the enemy just reach in and tear and keep us from amazing sunsets. I know I'm using that as an idea or illustration, but amazing sunsets that are on the other side of the victory. That on the other side of the valley, on the other side of the mountain, on the other side of the situation you're in, we overcome and we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. What? Overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And the testimony is, is that when I didn't think I could, God made a way where there was no way. Amen. When I wasn't sure what was going to happen, God made it all work together for good. Amen. But you got to be willing because at times it's going to tear you and try to sink you and have you at a point where you're weakened. you got to keep your eyes on Jesus, and then secondly, you got to have Godfidence. Now, that's not a word you're going to find in your dictionary. I'm putting two words together. It's a mashup, and I like it. It is Godfidence. It is God-confidence working together. When you have God-confidence, boldness in Him, when you realize that you have where he, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Man, right now, third service, you need to get this in your spirit. Because the enemy wants you trembly and all nervous and just hoping you're on your way to heaven. When your pastor's proud of you because he believes there's some world shakers, there's some history makers in this third service. There's some folks that know how to get out of here, get in the highways and byways, and compel people to come into church not because you go and take oranges and show them what I show you today, but you walk out of here and you walk it and then you talk it and you keep walking it and you keep talking it and then folks realize something is different about you and then you're able to say, you know what? I was lost, but now I'm found. I was dead, but now I'm alive. I was on my own, but now I'm in Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the answer for the world today and your world today. Come on, church. Can you give God praise? Amen. You know, I, we didn't do this in these other services, but would you do this? Look at somebody next to you and say, you're a history maker. Tell somebody. Now, now some of y'all didn't do that because I'm looking at your face, all right? You're still looking at me. Come on, find somebody and say, you're a history maker. Come on, find somebody you haven't found yet and say, you are necessary. Tell somebody, you're necessary. Man, God's got a plan for you. With my kids, I remember I would stand in the hallway when they were living, you know, in, still at our home. They were... Little Victoria had a room here. Connor had his room there. Kendall had his room there. Our room was down here. And my job when they were coming up was to pray for them. So I'm thinking of the quickest route, you know. But the most effective, there were nights that I, do, I just stood in the middle of the hallway because I had spent so much time as well praying with them individually at times that we had this little confession. And so at night, some nights I would just stand in the hallway as they got older because when you're younger you can be in there and pray with them. But as they get a little older, they're like, Dad, you know, get out of my room, dude. You know, that kind of thing. But I still was building up in them, declaring over them that God had something special for their life, that there should be a level of God confidence over them that we got to speak life and not death. I'd get out there in my, my PJs and kind of stand there, you know, and I'd declare, hey guys, we're ready to pray now. I said, and I would say, you're the head. And they'd say, we're not the tail. This is all in your Bible. I'd say, you're a lender. And they'd say, we're not borrowers because they knew I'd start it, they would finish it. You're above, and they'd say, we're not beneath. Say, so you're blessed going in. They'd say, we're blessed coming out. I say, you're the righteous redeemed, and they would say, of the Lord, and we can say so. 
I say, greater is he that is in you, and they would say, than he that is in the world. I say, you've not been given the spirit of fear, but power. And they'd say, love and a sound mind. And I'd say, you can do all things, and they'd say, through Christ who strengthens us. And I'd say, amen, go to bed, amen. Speaking life. And I want to tell you right now, listen, there is a confidence in God that as you trust him, keep your eyes on him, don't get stuck looking into the details. God will handle the details. You don't deny it. You don't fake your way through it. You trust God through it, but you keep your eyes on Jesus. Find your confidence in your God. And the Bible tells me in Romans, I think you have it, gentlemen, Romans 8 and 37, it tells you and me that yet in all of the things that we face, all the stuff that will tear at us and pull us apart and try to keep us, because who would say with me today, this is what a fully developed, living more fully developed orange, a navel orange that from a seed to a tree to the limb, once it's finally mature, how many say that's fully developed? Okay, two people. How many know that's fully developed? I'm not sure I'm not from Florida, right? This is Citrus State, right? This is where you make orange juice, right? I don't know. Is, is this fully developed? Okay, I was going home not sure, all right? This has been gnawed on. This has been bitten on. It's been tugged at. It's been through some mess. This is what I'm like a lot, and you're like a lot. Things. Yet in all these things. Oh, you got it for me, guys. Romans 8 and 37. Yet in all these things, help me somebody, what? We are more than through him who loved us. Through all these things, we are more than conquerors. That very phrase, more than conquerors, in the Greek talks about being super victorious. What it actually means, and I, I love this right here, is this. It means it is knowing even in the hardship that we can be more than conquerors because Christ's love conquered the devil, conquered death, and because of that, we are victorious. Let me give that last little point. That last little point is this. I'm just here to remind you today. It should keep your eyes up. Not faking your way through the real stuff, but keep your eyes on Jesus. Give you that God confidence, Godfidence is to know this, that the devil has already been defeated. Ah, oh, that's good, right? The devil has already been defeated. I don't know if you heard me, y'all. The devil is already defeated. So, what's this about? What this really means is, is fully developed means mature like this, and that has a buoyancy. That's got a bounce backness to it. Because you got to have some bounce backness to you. A righteous man falls seven times, but he bounces back. Uh, we might stumble, but we keep running. Bounce back. Bounce back. The enemy wants you tore up. The Bible says, like a roaring lion, he's seeking me to devour. Focusing on what you're going through, dealing, just eating you alive. And what happens is, my beautiful wife is the one that showed me this little illustration because I had no idea what would take place. But once you lose that fully developedness, and really fully developed means mature, less self-focused and navel-gazing, what happens is you drop that in and right down there at the bottom, it doesn't come back up. That's not God's intention for you and for me. We are more than conquerors. 
We're the head and not the tail. We're Linda and not a bar. We're above and not beneath. We're blessed going in. We're blessed going up. We are the righteous redeemed of the Lord. We can say so. Doesn't mean we don't face things, but we, by God's grace, we come back with a testimony of how good and awesome and great that our God is. God's intention is not for you to stay stuck here at the bottom because you've been ripped by life and life can rip you. This coming July will be the 30th, 30, uh, the 37th anniversary that my brother was killed by, uh, sure, not the 37th, it'll be 34th. 34th anniversary that my brother will be killed by, has been killed by a drunk driver. A mile away from the church, driving home on a Sunday afternoon. Car, driving drunk, hit him. My family, my mom and dad should have quit on God. And our, our family should have stayed stuck right down here at the bottom because life got tough. But mom and dad kept holding on to Jesus and we're more in love with him than we've ever been. Doesn't mean that it takes away some of that pain, but Jesus knows how to heal and touch us and strengthen us. And it's a testimony that we can say when you're at your weakest point, he's still there. At your weakest point, he's still there with you. That gives me courage today because, and I'll finish with this, Gwen and I, um, and I think that this is important because of our testimony just even going, that's a little thing, but we're, we're winning the little victories on our way to big victories. But it was November of 2022. She had a little pain, and, and when I say little, it wasn't little, it was a kidney stone. And we took her to the emergency room that night, and they came back and said, she's had those every once in a while, so we knew what it was, but, or it could be appendix, but it was that right side. It says a kidney stone. Just like that, they came back after taking the CT scan. They said, it's a lucky kidney stone. Didn't understand what that meant. They said, well, as we're looking at the kidney with the kidney stone, the CT scan revealed that in the other kidney, your wife has cancer. And it's probably where the kidney's going to have to be taken. Well, the next day, our world just, from that point, just... And I'll we'll talk about an enemy that's trying to have you focusing on the wrong stuff and your confidence being zapped and just kind of tearing and leaving you with nothing more than this and you're telling all the folks what to do and all these kind of things, but here you are, this is you and you're at the bottom. Her because it's going on in her body and me because I can't help. And we're just stuck. The doctor came in the next day and he was a godly guy, he gave us a scripture. Boy, that was awesome. And on December of last year, 2023, our January of 2023, praise God, they took out the kidney that had the cancer. My wife is cancer-free today. Come on, can we give the Lord a mighty hand clap for that? Amen. But now we're declaring that she's going to be cancer-free from that point on. She has to have these MRIs and things like that. And so last, last thing that happened, we had an MRI back in December. Everything looked good except for one little area where they said there was one little spot. Didn't say cancer or anything. They didn't know what they called a little shadow. The Lord spoke a scripture to Gwenny right there at that moment. It was Psalm 91, which is, if you know Psalm 91, 1 through 16, but it says, under the shadow of the Almighty. They're saying there's a shadow, very small and insignificant. Well, we're believing that the greater shadow of the Almighty is going to envelop the shadow that is on that MRI. But on March 15th of this year, just right around the corner, we're going in for another MRI. What I'm trying to tell you is I'm in life just like you're in life. It's real, and this what happens in here is something that has to work out there, and we got to walk out our salvation, loving God, and going through these things knowing that we are more than conquerors. God is good. Come on, get your eyes on him and all your stuff, and let's go into victory. God has something great for you. I don't know what you're battling, but God is bigger than your battle. He's bigger than your dark night. He's bigger than whatever you're facing. With every head bowed, every eye closed.
I want you to picture that very thing that maybe that you face. And ours right now is cancer. Getting a good report. Whatever it is. And I want you to remember that last point. You got that last point for me real quick, and this will be my final, final deal. The devil is defeated. The enemy has already been defeated. Now, thinking on that deal, hear it. The enemy has already been defeated. You need to start living and acting and working towards fullness. So, I don't know. Now, look at me. I don't know what you, what you thought on. I don't know what you've been, I don't know what came into your mind, but the Lord knows. But I'm going to tell you what I need to tell myself and remind my wife and she remind me and that not only can God get us down to Key West and back and we can face that little battle, but God also can get us through the situation because the devil is defeated and God is victorious. Come on, somebody. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking, I want to ask you today because I, I really believe this and then Pastor is going to come right after and I'll head on out into your wonderful Sunday afternoon. If today you know that the Holy Spirit interrupted this service to take worship even a little deeper, to prepare your heart to hear a word, to say, you know what, maybe the Lord, by this afternoon, things turn around, the doors open, or maybe there's a little bit longer season that you walk through this, but you're going to come through this. God's going to work with you in the midst of this. God's for you. He's not against you. I, can I just stand in the hallway with every head bow, every eye closed? Can I stand in the hallway of your life and say, you are the head and not the tail? You're a lender, not a borrower. God has a plan for your life. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If you know today the Lord has spoke to you, just with heads bowed, eyes closed, the Lord has spoke to you and ministered to you through the worship in this word right now. Would you just, would you just raise your hand if you know you came in and life has kind of torn you apart a little bit? You've been living at the bottom of the jar too long. If that's you, just raise your hand right where you are. And would you put the other hand up beside it? Both hands up, surrendering. And I want to ask you to do one more thing, third service. Those that have their hands up, well, there's a lot. There's not just one or two, there's a lot. Would you stand to your feet? That's all you're going to have to do. We just stand to your feet. If you got your hands up, just stand to your feet. Your hands are up. Come on, stand up. Just the ones with their hands up. Now, I want you to look around first. Look around. Look, you're not the only one. And my hands are up, not because I'm trying to show you the way, but because I'm in the same boat and situation. Lord, I need you. So, Father, you see us today. You see the ones standing, and you know what their hands and their hearts and their stance today is connected to. You know the battle. Father, our eyes are on you. Father, our confidence is in you. Lord, more fully, your power in our life. And we are reminded and fully aware the devil is defeated. Would you say this with me as we finish today? Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody say it, but especially those standing. Say, Lord Jesus, I love you today, and I know you love me. Come on, say, I cast all my care, all that stuff, I put it to you. Because you tell me to. And now, Lord, I take on, come on, say it, I put on faith and confidence and strength. Come on, because I am your child and you're my father. And come on, say it, and I am loved by you. So, Father, I trust you today with everything. In Jesus' name. Amen. And God, I declare breakthrough, not breakdown, but breakthrough. Come on, church. Can you give the Lord a mighty hand clap? Come on, Come let on. your pastor know you love him. Come Amen. on, stand to your feet. You love give, give it up for Jesus and Pastor Tony. Love you, brother. Thank you so much. Man, how many of you excited about that word right there? That's good stuff. I was back there telling Jordan an old church joke. I said, the devil ain't nothing but a snake, right? The thing about snakes is they got no arms and no feet. 
because he's been defeated and disarmed, right? Come on, that's churchy right there. <laughs> Fernando, you love that. <laughs> all the staff's going to be making fun of me all week for that. That's okay. That's okay. I'm the old guy. Hey, we love you guys. We love you. You're amazing. God has such a, a special purpose for each and every one of you, and you guys are so special and called and chosen for this moment to live right here in Homestead and to shine for him. And I can't wait to see how you guys do that this week. Let us know. Um, if, you're, if you're a guest, we'd love to meet you. If we can hang around a little bit. If not, just keep coming back, right? If it's your first time here, I always say come back three times. And uh, Pastor Tony did such a great job. You know, you're, I know you're coming back, so it's going to be amazing. Pastor Tony, Pastor Gwen, we love you guys. And uh, we're going to continue to pray for them and hope in life. It's going to be great. We always pray our benediction here. Let's pray like we actually believe it. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God bless you guys. Love you. We'll see you.